Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Boris Johnson addresses world leaders at the G7 summit in Cornwall, kicking off his speech with a plea to tackle inequality, which, as a sentiment, was somehow even richer than all of his donor mates have become during the pandemic. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex announced the birth of their second child, Lilibet Diana Mountbatten-Windsor. The name Lilibet is taken from Queen Elizabeth's childhood nickname, while Diana is of course taken from the original German for fuck you, the Daily Express. The Home Secretary, Priti Patel, faces calls to resign over her decision to house migrants at Napier Barracks. It should have been a fairly clear mistake, really. That's an obvious contradiction in terms. Covid safe dormitory is right up there with non-business holiday to Golan Heights or lawful pandemic contract. And finally, the games developer EA suffer a cyber attack, with hackers obtaining the source code for FIFA 21. As a result, they have also stolen the source code for FIFA 20, FIFA 19, FIFA 18, FIFA 17, FIFA 6... Look, it's 50 quid for the same fucking game every year, that's the point I'm making. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to IC News. Are you suffering from the twin hemorrhoids of partisan bias and misinformation? Sounds like you've been struggling to digest too much mainstream media, and the resultant heaving has caused the blood vessels in your journalistic rectum to expand and prolapse. Never fear, dear listener. Just lie back and allow yourselves to be anaesthetised by the dulcet tones of truth, as we lubricate a tube of news that we then insert into your anal canal. We'll then use this tube to stitch your anal cavity above the hemorrhoids before drawing out the stitches and tucking your prolapsed blood vessels up and trapping them into a ring where they can be successfully reabsorbed by the body of proper journalism. It's a real procedure, and I'm never hitting shuffle on YouTube again. Speaking of gaping and uncomfortable assholes, yesterday saw the start of the G7 summit in Cornwall. After a courteous first meeting between himself and US President Joe Biden, Boris Johnson was quick to stress the importance of the UK-US relationship. He also insisted that Biden didn't rebuke him over the UK's handling of Brexit's Northern Ireland Protocol, which was technically true, because Biden had already done it the day before through the proper diplomatic channels. In fact, Johnson generally put on a barnstorming display of his trademark optimism and blatant hypocrisy. He turned up in a private jet to draw attention to the crisis of climate change, insisted that the world needed to learn from the mistakes of its pandemic response when his government has made some of the worst ones, and he lamented the terrible evil of inequality which he presumably understands better than anybody, having once been a member of a dining club that requires its members to burn a £50 note in front of a homeless person as part of its initiation ritual. No matter how upbeat a tone Boris Johnson tries to strike, there's little doubt that when it comes to the UK's refusal to meet its obligations under its Brexit deal with the EU, European patience is rapidly wearing thin. 
Here today to discuss the G7 summit and the dispute between the UK and EU over the Northern Ireland Protocol, it's our trade correspondent, Che Burnley. Thanks for having me, Sam. I'm looking forward to really drilling down into the details of these talks, but let's start by being very clear here. This acrimonious spat between Boris Johnson's government and the European Union is the direct result of one thing and one thing only, and that's the UK's refusal to honour the commitments it signed up to in the trade deal it negotiated. Uh-huh. No amount of political posturing or rhetoric can distract from the simple facts here, which are that right now, Britain is simply not holding up its end of the agreement. Right, right. The UK has already acted unilaterally, by refusing to stick to the agreed timeframes for full checks on supermarket goods travelling from the rest of Great Britain to Northern Ireland, while the EU have been rigid in their insistence that Britain honour its commitments. It's important to remember that Boris Johnson's deal signed the UK up to those commitments willingly. Uh-huh, yeah. Which is why the UK must surrender immediately to the invading European forces who will flood through the Channel Tunnel before beating half of Kent to death with stale baguettes. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, what? You've not been listening to a single word I've said. What the fuck has got you so distracted? Sorry, Che, it's just, well, Oliver Dowden and the Prime Minister have been wading in on the whole racist cricketer tweets thing. It's big news. <sighs> no, it fucking isn't. Isn't it? And now Gavin Williamson's outraged that students at Oxford have voted to remove a picture of the Queen from their common room. Apparently it was too colonial. For fuck's sake. And now a Tory MP has compared England footballers taking the knee before matches to a Nazi salute. Do you mind if we, um... Yes, yes, I fucking do mind, Sam. Don't you get it? Don't you see that this is exactly what they want you to do? All right, Chase, steady on. Don't tell me to steady on. Every single time I try to apply my actual expertise on this sodding show, it gets derailed by some stupid distraction like all of this shit. Instead of holding any of these idiots to any genuine kind of account, you allow your focus to get washed aside by these manufactured culture war sideshows. You, the BBC, the papers, it's the same shit tricks every time. Who fucking cares if some students have voted to remove a picture of the Queen? Who gives the tiniest shit what Gavin Williamson thinks about it when the entirety of his focus should be how he's going to deliver a Covid catch-up programme with no fucking funding? Look, I just thought you might want to discuss some of this stuff, that's all. I'd have thought you'd be interested in the England team story at least. Why? Why would I be remotely interested in lending my black validation to smeared campaigns and engineered right-wing talking points? Why would I want to give one second of airtime to the nonsense suggestion that Black Lives Matter as a slogan is a Trojan horse for a Marxist revolution? It's bollocks, Sam. Complete and utter bollocks. Do you really think Tyrone Mings takes the knee because he wants to see the workers seize the means of production? He does it because he wants to represent his country without being booed by white idiots who read the Daily Mail. He does it because he wants to play for the England he loves without being subjected to fucking monkey noises. All right, but... What about the cricketers? I don't know anything about cricket, Sam. I'm black! Pretty sure that's racist. Well then, I tell you what, Sam. I'll stick it in a tweet. And maybe 20 years from now, when I insist, I've changed, the culture secretary can pounce on it as a convenient distraction from the government's total fuck-ups. All right, all right, Che. I'll take your point, OK? I promise we'll stay on track. Let's just get back to the Northern Ireland Protocol and the negotiations with the EU, shall we? If we could, mate, that'd be great, because funnily enough, a looming trade war that could destabilise the hard-won peace in the region is a little bit more important than this culture war nonsense. A strong sentiment there from Che Burnley, which marks the end of all the time we've got for this section.
Oh, I hate you so fucking much. You're welcome, Jay. Thanks for joining us. There are few ideas more ludicrous than the leaders of seven of the world's richest nations drawing attention to the evils of inequality through the medium of a lavish banquet in a luxury resort. But one of them is the suggestion that maybe the world's wealthiest individuals might be willing to step up and contribute to the world's post-Covid economic recovery. This week saw yet another embarrassing leak of the private tax information of some of the world's richest people. And if you think this time it's really going to change things... Congratulations, you're a stupid child, and I sincerely hope that the fox shit in your idiot sandpit is delicious. But idiot children need the news just as much as everyone else, so here to deliver it and explain this story in terms they can understand, it's our fully DBS-checked youth correspondent and excitable newsboy, David Stanier. He's been dicking around with the Dimensional Gate this week, and he's really zoomed out in the search of a new perspective. David's Log, Stardate 1206-2021. I've been circling Earth for little over an hour now, cocooned in this one-man combat shuttle I requisitioned from elsewhere in the multiverse. It's amazing what some of the more advanced post-apocalypse Earths just leave lying around, after all the humans have annihilated each other. Check this out. Space 360. Pro Surf in Miami to the max. Whee! Ow! Jeepers! <laughs> That'll leave a bump. Let that be a lesson to you kids. Safety first. So make sure you belt up, whatever the vehicle. I'm in a sovereign class orbital combat fighter, powered by a mini fusion reactor, and armed with an array of photon beam weaponry capable of melting through titanium plating in a matter of seconds. The very best that Space Force on Earth Delta Tango Lana Del X-Ray 12 had to offer. But none of that can protect me from the dangers of careless driving, so make sure you remember to clunk, click, every trip. (sighs) It really is beautiful up here, kids. I wish you could all see. From up here, the Earth is a beautiful blue marble, swirled with white. All of humanity's petty little squabbles seem so small. It really is easy to lose yourself and forget for a moment that your father spent your entire childhood conditioning you for a lifetime of violent rebellion against a nauseatingly wealthy global elite that hoard the planet's resources and leave billions of people suffering in their wake. (sighs) I feel almost at peace and like I might even want to grow up and finally leave behind my years of brutal brainwashing and indoctrination. Hmm... Psych! Fuck you, Elon Musk! Starlink that, you Bitcoin-diddling space nonce! Sorry, kids. (laughs) I got a little bit carried away there. It's true what they say, you know. In space, no one can hear you continue to mentally unravel as you swing desperately for the hand of your father's ghost in the smoke. But enough about me. It's time for today's lesson which is all about billionaires. Uh, excuse me, sir, haven't we covered this before, Mr. David? I hear you ask. Why, yes, yes I have. But they're still bastards. So bear with me, kids. Now, you might have heard this week, in the ten minutes in which the news actually covered it, 
that once again some cheeky little scamp somewhere has leaked the private information of some of the world's richest people. Turns out that some of the world's wealthiest billionaires use their resources to exploit legal loopholes to avoid paying income tax. And on average, the 25 richest Americans pay a rate of around 15%. Proportionally, that's almost definitely less than your mums and dads pay. Even if they're, ooh, I don't know, let's just say, working in an Amazon warehouse on poverty wages. In fact, big boss of Amazon, Mr. Jeff Bezos, paid no income tax at all in 2007 and in 2011. Get your best felt tips and colour me shocked, kids. Will these big crazy revelations spark international interest in reforming the tax loopholes exploited by billionaires? Ooh, I don't know. Did the Panama and Paradise Papers? Is the sky red? Is grass blue? Did Dad really drown in a septic tank like you tell people? Or was his farm really a paramilitary training camp? Do you still see the embers drifting in the night as you watch it burn from the hilltop? The sirens and sounds of gunfire filling your ears like the pounding of drums? Who knows anymore? All I know is that direct action is what's really needed to address this shocking 21st century inequality, which is why I'm up here in space. Jeff Bezos is coming up here soon. And I've got a photon beam with his name on it. So let's get ready, kids, and sing our goodbye song. Silent running, he is coming. Endless void, asteroid. Look out for his spaceship. Blow it up to space bits. Kill the rich. Kill the rich. (sighs) I don't think he's coming until July, actually. And I'm not sure if I bought enough M&M's to see me till then. And I really need a wee. Hmm. Ah, well. I'm David Stanier. And kids, kill the rich. Reporting for IC News. When it comes to inequality, the Prime Minister couldn't really have picked a better location to highlight one of the ever-widening gulfs between the fuck-yous and have-nots than Cornwall itself. It's a region that epitomises the injustice of the nationwide housing crisis, with the locals regularly priced out of any hope of property ownership by a market with exploding prices and defined by millionaires scooping up second homes. It's a picture repeated across the country, with low wages continually falling behind rising house prices, and no sign of the extensive building programme needed to make up the shortfall in affordable housing on the horizon. To tackle the crisis head-on, we need to hear from a business expert. And who better than everyday average woman with a heart of gold, Jade Fernley? I'm Jade Fernley, proud Yorkshire lass, independent business mogul, and I can exclusively reveal, for the first time today, landlady. That's right, Britain. I will no longer be shamed and forced to hide my light under a bushel. 
For too long now, I've kept this secret to myself, knowing full well the righteous outrage the hysterical left would hurl at me if I ever revealed it. Well, tough shit, I say. Landlords and landladies are people too, you unwashed little scrotes. And we're the backbone of this country, so fuck all of you. I'm coming out loud and proud. I've got a small property portfolio and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm coming up, so you better get this party started. A jest, obviously. Any and all noise complaints and you're out on your fucking ass and I'm keeping your deposits. Now you'll hear a lot about soaring house prices and the so-called housing crisis. And for me, it's absolute nonsense. The stamp duty holiday has allowed me to expand nicely. And I've even spent lockdown throwing up drywalls and doubling my rental income by subdividing my existing properties. That's the business mindset these avocado goblin layabouts are sorely lacking. And I try to tell them this, you know, I'm not a selfish monster. I want to pass my business knowledge down to the younger generations. But when I turn up unannounced to carry out essential maintenance, like putting a lockbox over the thermostat because they're boiling into my profit margins, the fuckers are never into hearing it. Oh, but I work four jobs, Mrs Fernley. And legally, you have to give us 24 hours notice. My keys, my rules... You want to take me to court, eh? You can do it from the fucking Ginnell sunshine, which is where all your shit'll be landing if you keep mouthing off. Reckon that pissy little deadbolt keeps me out, do you? I'm Eugene Toombs, you snivelling shit. I'll grease my way in through the cracks you keep insisting aren't just superficial. Why do I bring this up now, I hear you ask? Well, it's simple, really. I'm just sick and tired of all scaremongering about my chosen profession. And I'm beyond fed up with all the bollocks about this so-called housing crisis. Us landlords get the ire of all of it. There's not a day goes by that we aren't labelled sponges and parasites. And I've even heard it said that being a landlord isn't a proper job. (laughs) What? I pay a property management company a small commission to work hard for my money. Thank you very much. And you've got absolutely no idea how very draining it is to have to constantly refuse them funds to fix imaginary problems like severe damp or leaky boilers. Some of the whining zoomers I rent out to have no idea how good they've got it. Brittany Murphy died because of black mould. That's how glamorous it is. And they want me to remove it. (laughs) These fucking kids can't make their minds up. One second they're kneeling over the place for anything and everything black. The next, they want it all ripped out and bleached away. It gets right on my tits. Which is why I crank the rent up every time it's up for renewal. (laughs) I find it keeps them on their toes. Look, I'm not saying that there aren't unscrupulous property owners out there. Of course there are. For every thousand safe, responsible, pull-yourselves-up-by-your-bootstraps inspirational modern businesswomen like me, there are all 
always going to be one or two bad apples. The ones who keep these babies soft by returning their deposits and charging reasonable rents. The absolute wallops who don't even bill their tenants 300 quid each at the end of the year for a greasy oven door. You know the ones. Absolute fannies. A lot of them. How are the kids today ever going to realise that this world owes them nothing? With landlords like that, souring a good name, how are they ever going to be inspired to get that fifth job? So they can finally start saving towards a place of their own. It's not 20 years ago, you know, like it were when my old man died. And I inherited a former council house, now worth hundreds of thousands. I worked hard for that money. I planned years ahead. Did you think I was going to share that property with a sponging twin? (laughs) Of course not. That's why I ate her in the womb. Housing crisis. Ha! There's no such fucking thing. There are just sharks and meat. And I know which one I'd rather be. I'm Jade Fernley, and I shall be fiercely protesting the second they try and build on brown belt land round here. Reporting for IC News. So there you have it, everyone. Inequality is really just your fault for being lazy, and you can bet that final fiver you've got that shaming you for it will be Boris Johnson and the Conservatives' entire action plan for addressing the crisis moving forwards. That upbeat note marks the end of our programme for the evening. We'll be back the same time next week, but for now, we leave you with the headlines you may have missed. Health Secretary Matt Hancock appears before MPs and insists that less than 2% of Covid cases in care homes came from hospital discharges, meaning that the other 98% must have been brought in by all those visitors that weren't allowed at the time. Oh, and he's definitely not a liar like Dominic Cummings said, obviously. Ukraine angers Russia with its kit design for the European Championships, which features the now Russian annexed territory of Crimea. In response, Russia are threatening to take their balls and go home, with home apparently being anywhere they decide to take over. Amnesty International accused China of creating a dystopian hellscape for Uyghur Muslims and other minorities in Xinjiang province. In response, the Chinese Communist Party claim their mass detention centres and work camps are in fact genocidal atrocity-themed amusement parks, which, for some reason, is enough of an excuse for the world to carry on doing absolutely fucking nothing about it. And finally, former staff at Brewdog allege a culture of fear and a cult of personality at the beer firm. Cult sounds about right for Brewdog, actually. Their punk IPA basically tastes like Kool-Aid with something bitter in it. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you, and goodbye. me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind our bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. 
If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes, and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick, though. This deal is limited to the first 500 patrons, and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show, and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support, and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger me. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar. <laughs>